God's name we pray. Amen. Alright, so I don't have so much time. It's a prayer meeting. I just want to charge you a little bit. So that we can pray. It's important that we understand why we gather as a church. Um, it was Mount Monroe that said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. For me, it's important that you know why I'm in your life. All the things we do, all the energy we exert, all the money we spend, the time we invest, we need to know to what end it is. Because if you don't know the end, if you don't know what you are trying to achieve, you might not understand why we do what we do. And you might not understand why you need to be as committed as you need to be. Praise the Lord. For example, when you're in primary school, you don't know why you're going to school. You hate, especially in nursery school, you hate the fact that they wake you up very early. They dress you up in an oversized uniform. You love that they pack lunch for you. Then you hate the fact that they send you to go and meet other people. And then sometimes, I'm sure people like Rachel were crying. I want to go home. Mommy, no. Allow me to go home. I'm sure she promised them, whatever you want. I'll wash the plates. I'll do everything. You say, no, you have to go to school. Then you get to a stage in your life, probably after your BSc, when your parents tell you, go and do your MSc. Go and do your master's. And somehow at the back of your mind, you know that these people are not planning to sponsor you through your masters. But they are pressuring you to do it. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Thank you. Then you begin to strategize. At that point, even you want to go to school. During the NYS especially, you begin to take courses, certification exams. Nobody is pressuring you anymore. Now you know why you're doing what you're doing. And so the sacrifices don't count again. The time you have to spend reading, keeping late night, doesn't matter again. That's your small allowance. Some people have to, you know, have their primary assignment and then combine with another job so that they can save money to get paper. And so while some people are complaining that 1980 is not enough, some people are still saving out of that one to boost their saving. Why are they making all of those sacrifices? Because there's a goal in mind. Listen, if you don't know why we are here as a church, What we are doing will not count. So, why do we exist as a church? And I'm not talking about the celestial body of Christ. I'm saying as grace of why do we exist? I'll tell you our vision statement. Our vision statement is that we are a youth inclusive church. And let's cross it. I'm trying to make many people learn it. Alright, let's go. Once we go, we're a youth inclusive church. 
that partners with millennials to achieve God. We youth inclusive church that partners with millennials to handle life's challenges and to fulfill God's plans for their lives using the gospel as a primary method. We partner with you to handle life's challenges. Those things you don't want to talk about. You dress nice. You speak nice. But as a challenge, a body, a consistently carry. Our goal is that you heal. And last week, what did we say about healing? Healing starts with me. Hallelujah. And so when you heal from that body, you know, I posted that stuff on my status. Um, I think it was maybe about two days ago. And someone posted a scripture that blessed me. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. You need to read it from the Amplified Bible. Acts chapter 10. Glory to God. Verse 38. You know, let me read it first before I say what I will say. Acts 10, 38 from the NI, from the Amplified. Woo! It says, How God consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with strength and ability and power. And, okay, this is Amplified Classic. So it's actually different. And how he went about doing good, and in particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. This amplified classic. The amplified says, Who has amplified? Alright, give me my mind, let me read from amplified. Amplified says, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and his strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. probably can catch the version that the person read from, but he said he said something about healing the broken hearted. was beautiful. He went about healing the broken hearted. And so, that's what we exist to do. Sometimes, it's in relationship. Other times, in family, just the peace in the home. Sometimes it's about the wicked uncles in the family. 
issues. Sometimes it's about academics. Sometimes it's health related. Sometimes it's financial. And the question is, does God want you to continue to be in this state? Listen, you must learn to take responsibility as an adult. If many of our parents were as serious as we are, we will not be in the city. These guys took their, their lives in their hands, trusted God in the midst of intense darkness and witchcraft, chose Christianity, prayed and fasted and trusted God. Broke certain curses over their families and over their lives. Broke limitations over their lives. And now we are where we are. Listen, you have to do more. You have to have something better to pass to the next generation. Some people say that, um, but you know, in the Western world, don't they have witchcraft? Why don't they have to pray about? Listen, I think if if you are thoughtful, you, I told you last week about a story of a woman I met, uh, that I met. Her husband was a major in the army, and they killed him cheap. And you know it was by diabolical forces because even the son, they found out that he changed his nest of kin to his son. I think the boy was 14 years old. And they killed that boy. Barely two months after the father passed on. The guy did all the house chores, gave his sister food, went into the room, entered the cupboard. was found with clothes around his neck. And you know that he wasn't tired of life and tried to kill himself. Because when his mom came into the room and saw him, she tried to carry him to the hospital, he told a couple of things. The things he saw. That his uncles are trying to kill him for the money that he's not sitting out of. So there are real issues. And as our faces are different, our challenges are different. But listen, we exist to partner with you to handle life's challenges. And also to fulfill God's plan for your life. In my study, I realized that one of the first things you need to do to handle life's challenges is to use the power of God. What did I say? To use what? 
I can't hear you. You need to use the power of God. Listen, hard work is very important. I would emphasize hard work when we get to that place. But when you read Mark chapter 5, it talks about the story of the woman whose name wasn't given, but she was start with her challenge in life. The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said she spent all that she had. She spent all she had on physicians and she did not get better. Do you understand? She got worse. No matter how you read, you will not pass. No matter how hard working you are, you will not see the money. Or opportunities will just keep eluding you. Or you just come close enough and just the final step to get the big win that you're expecting and then just leave through your hand. These things will not count to you if you are not taking your life seriously. And you know, the, listen, listen. And beyond just getting up from the ground, you need to think about, you need to, someone said something I read on IG, um, I think it was last week, blessed me in a powerful way. He said, if you're partnering with God, you have to think big. So, we are not talking about just having barely enough. Because if we want to sponsor the gospel to cover this city, your barely enough will not be substantial contribution. Do you understand? Do you get what I'm saying? If, if we say we want to do a crusade, for example, and we need money, and you are just barely surviving, they're just making 5,000 a month. Even if you are generous. Do you understand? Even if you say everything, I'll give you. How far will it go? Even if you are generous, if you make 5,000 a month, how many poor people can you help? Do you understand? And I don't even want to get ahead of myself. But the flip side of it is that you are not trying to gather wealth so that, you know the person the Bible described as grateful. Many of us, when we check all the things we want to do in our lives with money, listen, when you check everything you want to do with money in your life, the summary of it is that you are grateful. What do you, why, do you, why do you want to have plenty of money? So that I can go on vacation. So that I don't have to say yes after anybody. So that I can wake up in the morning and decide not to go to work. I run my own company. I can go by 10 a.m. Guy, you are grateful already. Can't you see it? Listen, listen, listen. If you have people, institutions, listen on, that you plan to partner with financially, 
for the spread of the gospel and the betterment of humanity. And you should start where you are. So, just, you just said 1,000 this month. You are starting. It should be later this year, I will have time to teach on generosity. That we should plan to grow in our generosity. For the past five years, you've been giving 200 naira as offering. You don't want to grow. You don't plan to, you don't plan to grow, but you want to grow in your wealth, the money you are getting. Don't you see that you are grateful already? So, there's two sides to this coin. On one side, is that we don't want you to be on the ground again. On the other side, we are saying the reason why we don't want you to be on the ground is that your life should count for somebody else. That's the model we have from Jesus. His life counted for all of us. And so our lives must count for somebody else. Who is listening? Many of us are too self-centered. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Who is who is better because you are alive? Listen, who is praying for who is praying for you to have more money? Because they know that they will benefit from it. Nobody, only you. Later you say, my head, my shoulder, my knee, my toe, they all belong to Jesus. I'm not trying to motivate you. I want you to set goals. Do you understand? Set goals. See, this one, a partner with him every month. This is how much I'm saying to them. This person, I know the person is not struggling. Probably the person is devoted to work of ministry. And so doesn't have enough time for secular work. This one, partner with you. This organization, helping humanity. There was one I saw today. I said, this person, this person is not just trying to do humanitarian service. This person is very intentional. This person has the people's heart in mind. I'm planning to find out this person. That's what I was, I was telling myself. This person is not just trying to do something nice so that people see that. No, this person is thinking about the people. So you start where you are. Have those names now. Write them. Plan towards it. But if you must handle life's challenges, you need the power of God. The woman spent all she had. Things didn't get better, they got worse. What did she do? The power of God was her solution. Listen, listen. There are many things you need to do. But one of them is the power of God. For some of you, listen, for some of you, all you need is boldness. 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 It's priceless. 
You know the interesting thing about the power of God? You will not be able to walk in the power of God without boldness. Because what happens if he tells you, oh, you've prayed, he shows you in a vision, go to the office, go and tell them you want the job. Then you look at your CV. And then it looks like you wrote names of merge makers in a class of five. Very scanty. You need boldness to walk up to them and say, this is what I want. And they look at your CV and they look at you. And they look at you now. As if to say, do the needful. And then you tell them, don't pay me for the first three months. If I don't do an impressive work, I will go. Let me make it even easier for you. Three weeks. If I don't do an impressive work, I will go. That's boldness. It's very interesting to read the story of David and Goliath. Except when you have to be David. When you have to be the David in the story. You think Goliath was his mate? Goliath had a track record of victory in battle. That's number one. Number two, meaning the company has a history of cutting down applicants. Number two was his Fortune 500 company. Very big. And then now, you want to apply. The power of God. Let me try to get into my message. I'm actually out of time. What I want to teach you is the law of faith. Or the laws of faith. So I'm going to run through them in maybe five minutes or seven minutes. So that we can pray. But you have to be bold. Listen, some of you are praying for things that God will give you an instruction and tells you go and. In fact, let me tell you something. Listen, I think the first problem is that we have trimmed, we have trimmed our visions, our plans so much that we don't need God to achieve them. So the only job you are applying for are the ones that your CV can get you. Why do you need the power of God? you are thinking of are the ones that your money can start why do you need the power of God listen to this statement and write it down the miracle is in the process the miracle is in the process what it means is that the water didn't get frozen before Peter walked on it. It didn't even get frozen while he was walking on it. He was walking on water the way water was water. Meaning all through the stages, your CV will not change. 
but the miracle will happen. This is what has to be at the back of your mind. There might not be rain, there might not be cloud, but the valley will be filled with water. What do you want? Water in the valley or rain? Water in the valley. He will give you the water in the valley. Why? Because you are trusting on what can cause changes. The power of God. So you look around at all your uncles. The ones that are nice don't have money. The ones that have money are wicked. Now you need money for your business. And he's saying, trust me. For the first law that I want to teach you is the law of absolute abandonment. Absolute. 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 Meaning, take your eyes. You have to abandon how you know that things work in the natural. You have to abandon how you know that things work in the natural. That's what Peter had to do. Excuse me. He knew how things work in the natural. But he had to abandon it. And step on the water. Glory to God. I will to God and I pray that in your times of decision making, the Lord will remind you of this sermon. Because that's how you walk in faith. You have to do these things. Alright? So for, what's the first law? Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Esther 4, 14. Glory to God. I'll read. It says, For if you remain silent, now let me start from verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all Jews will escape. Don't think you will escape because you are in the king's house. Then he said something that is a preamble to all that I am saying. That the goal, the goal is that we have a purpose. And our lives are to make other people's lives better. Do you understand? Our, we are to live our lives. Listen, your life is to make another person's life better. Jesus did not come to make his own life better. So your life is to make someone else's life better. Your life is to help other people handle life's challenges. So healing begins with you, but that's not what healing is about. You must go ahead and heal someone else. To fulfill God's plan for your life, you also have to help someone else fulfill God's plan for their lives. That's very important. So Mordecai said, don't think you're, because you're saved, everything is fine. Verse 14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. 
So don't think God is handicapped without you. Do you understand? So all these ones that you are chasing your own goal, you just want to be successful. You just want to push your own life forward. Don't you realize that greed can never be satisfied? Why do politicians still embezzle so much money when they have so much money? Your life goal must be to make another person's life better. And here's one thing you should know about God's plan. It won't fail. You can exempt yourself, but it won't fail. But if you remain silent, relief and deliverance would arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the royal position for this, a time such as this. Listen to me. One of the things you must learn as you move on the path of purpose is the second to last line in our benediction. You must always understand that you are the center of God's will for your life. You must always believe that you are at the center of God's will for your life. That doesn't mean that everything will be favorable. When Jesus was on the cross, was he not at the center of God's will for his life? Was it pleasant? Thank you. But this is what you should know. That all things work together for your good. Your experiences will count. God will not cause you to be hurt. But the Bible says from the creation of the world, from the beginning, He knew that man will fall. He organized, orchestrated everything to make sure that man will still be at the center of His will. That Christ will come to die for man and that man will be righteous. A man will be reconciled to God. Before man fell, he had that in mind. He had planned it out. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Recognize that everything works for you. Glory to God. Verse 15. Then Esther sent a reply to Mordecai. Go gather up together all the Jews who are in Sasu and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days and three nights or day. And I am my attendant to fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king even though it is against the law. The law of absolute abandonment. I know how things ought to be. I know the models of Randy. This is how it goes normally. But by the power of God and by the wisdom of God, He will catapult me to my place of destiny. Say loud amen. So I know it's a tough call. To get a job or business contract that you are not qualified for, it usually looks 
very deep, very huge. Excuse me. To get a promotion on the year that you're employed, to believe your business will hit a million this year. That's like not possible. Because in your mind, what am I saying? Sleepers. What will happen? Is it that everybody will wake up and realize they can't find their sleepers again? <laughs> How will I hear something? But what do I do? I just make peanuts. Peanuts this peanuts money. But what will happen? The president wants to celebrate his baby and also dash everyone in Nigeria's peanuts. Then at least one million. There might not be cloud. There might not be rain. What do I sell? I sell jewelry. Sell clothes. With all the COVID, nobody has money to buy anything. So how is it going to happen? There might not be cloud. You have to forget about how things work in the natural. The law of absolute abandonment says, I'll throw my weight on God. In the words of Esther, and if I perish, she was going to let it die for real. You know, all that is going to happen to you is that you trusted God. Worst case scenario, you trusted God and it did not happen. You will not be broke. She was going to die, but she did it. Absolute abandonment. So, one of the things, the challenge is this, and this is what the Spirit of God was saying, is that I can teach you faith. The problem is, many of us, we've brought the bar so low. And so you're like, ah, I can make 50,000 for the end of this year, or 100k, I'll be happy, or 200k. But then when we say something like 1 million, we are like, Oh, this is September, right? And this September is, I think it's trying to get to 2021. Because today is what already? 13th. I didn't even know we really entered September. Today is 13th. So October, November, December. Did I miss any months? September. I mean September or August. <laughs> September or legit? Okay. When was August? Was it August this year? September, October, November, December. Those three months. If you have a brain that's like mine, that's like 300k every month. Then you now think about your business and say, how will I make 300k in profit this month? Then you now tell yourself, Luke chapter 5, we'll read it later on. Peter told all night, tried to catch fish, couldn't do anything. Jesus came into his boat and said, Children, have you caught any fish? He said, No, he said, Throw your net to the right side. He said, Look, he told all night, we didn't catch anything. And if you think about it, it looks very simple. I mean, all Peter needed to do was to throw his net, right? Like, Nothing. No problem. It looks simple, except if you are Peter. 
he was washing his net already. Folding it already. Ready to go. He has closed shop. He has brought all his goods inside his store. He is locking up. Now you are saying, open the shop. Bring out everything again. And wait for one more hour. That's when you see that it wasn't really easy. But which one is more difficult? Bringing the goods out or convincing someone to come and buy something worth a million naira? He's doing the bigger job. Do you understand? So, Or maybe promotion at your place of work. You look at the hierarchy. You know, you know that people that make the money are senior men. Do you understand? And then we are saying, believe God for you. For a promotion of a position that when you see your alerts, you smile. When you see the salary, you smile. In your mind, you already planned it. The next five years, I'll do this course, do this one, do this one, do this one. I remember we said we'll get to that place. There's a place of diligence. Do you think the following day Peter came to say, Ah, Jesus, how far? Which side should we throw the net? <laughs> no. So there's that aspect. But I want to emphasize the power of God. Or maybe you look at your CV and it's not strong. And then we're saying, apply to somewhere where they can give you. You know there are places you apply to. And even you, you know that. If they gather everybody's salary and pay only you. But you still not do anything. We fled the part of purpose. The reason why we're saying all of this. It's because even if you are generous, you make only 5,000 error. Now listen, in God's eyes, you have done the most. That's important. But then, how far can you fulfill his plans in people's lives with that amount? Do you get what I'm saying? So would also, going forward, Emphasize the place of growing in your generosity. It means if it is 5,000 you are making, you must grow in generosity. But we are also going to emphasize the aspect of growing in um, your resources, just like your opportunities. So that's it. Now this doesn't only apply to money. It applies to health also. Do you understand? So just tell you, diabetes is hereditary. Your grandfather had it. Your father has it. You are going to have it. Your grandfather, two years ago, died of diabetes. Your father is on the sick bed, diabetes. You, something in you has convinced you that you must drink coke every day. And you decided to yield <laughs> your way. You know people that will convince, that will tell you that they are not the diabetes having time. But they will continue to take sugar. Sometimes it's just things like trouble. 
But money just doesn't stay. It doesn't matter how much you guys work. Once you just have the money, then your grandmother just going to swallow me. Everybody will gather money. When it finishes, on our own, you just throw the nail and rest. What I'm saying is, if you're partnering with God, that's the first law. The second law. The second law is law of frustration. This is very important. The law of frustration. James chapter 1 verse 5. James 1 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. He says, without finding fault. I'm reading from the NIV. And he will give it to you. If you lack something, he said, ask God, God will give it to you. Meaning, the reason why you haven't gotten is not because God hasn't given you. Now, if you always think that, God, you know that if you want to give me this thing, you can do it. You have the wrong perspective. Because you think the problem is with God. And the devil is fine with that. And if anything to make you be angry with God, he's on that thing. But you are on the wrong side of the pitch. You lack something, he said, if you ask God, he will give you. Without finding fault. He doesn't look for a reason to say, uh, because of this, I will not give you. I will not give you the contract because you will not be in church again. He doesn't look for a reason not to bless you. Does that mean when you don't get to drop in church again? Verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and do not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. So, when you ask, God gives. But if you are doubting, don't even expect to get anything. Because by your own hand, you have withdrawn your hand from receiving. You pulled back from receiving. You see that? So maybe you are like Peter, you started believing. You started believing. Then you started seeing signs. Maybe it's just not a victory in your heart. You just started knowing. Then one small thing happened, you don't doubt it. And you choose to stay doubting. Because Peter had a Peter didn't just sink. He started walking on the sea. Then the wave now started becoming boisterous. So something like ah, what's happening? What's happening? Then he doubted. Then he started sinking. And then when Jesus walked to him, he said, Why did you doubt? Do you understand? Meaning you must stay believing also. Oh, I don't have all the time to teach what I want to teach. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 11. Mark 11, 24. 
It says, Therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Underline your Bible, believe that you have received it. That's important. So in the place of prayer, you must believe is law of persuasion. You must be persuaded that you receive what you ask for. So the problem, this is the law of faith. And this is where many of us fall short. We want to pray every day. God, send it. God, send it. God, send it. James said if you ask, he gives you without finding fault. He has given you. But we know that you don't believe it because the following day you showed up and said, God, give me. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Because he knows that when you ask, God gives. He said, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. It's his nature, it doesn't change. I told you, it's not God didn't hear him always because he was Jesus. God didn't hear him always because Jesus was God. No. As God, you can't pray to who? Imagine if we pray to God and he's like, ah, let me see, let me talk to my boss. Let's see what he thinks about then he now has to pray to another God. We are in trouble. So Jesus didn't pray as God to God. He prayed as man to God. And his experience as man praying to God is that you hear me always. So listen, we're going to pray this evening and this is what you must know. I'm praying about this thing. God hears me. I must believe that I have received it. It's the law of persuasion. If you walk out of this room not believing that you've received it, you probably shouldn't have prayed. You don't have to pray for Lord before he hears you. This was what Jesus was teaching. He said, don't be like the, 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 the healings. They think that by their many words, God will share them. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you, should, that you have received and it will be yours. You will have it in the physical when you believe that God has already given you. Alright. So my business will make a million this year. I must in the place of prayer be persuaded that it has been given to me. The opportunities, the resources, the wisdom, everything at life itself adjusts itself to accommodate what I say. God has thanked it. The promotion I need, but ask for it. I must believe that I have received it. The finances for family, I must believe that they supply for every one of us. I don't have all the time for what I want to say, so I'm going to move to the last one. I want to teach you only three today. The, fourth, the third law is the law of work, the law of action. 
thank you, Lord Jesus. So, from the example I gave previously, finances for family, I believe, I pray and I believe that there's finance for all of us. Here's how it usually plays out. One person lands a good job, a good contract. Then our prayer is the God that did it for him. That's it for all of us. Copy and paste. Not necessarily. So he gives the seed to the soul and the bread to the eater. That resource that that person has should be used well as faithful stewards to multiply in other people's lives. So God, I need 50k. I want to do this business. If I do this business, that's it. You don't have to. If I pray concerning finances again, don't answer me. This once I hit this this 50k, then invest in this thing. That's it. And then you trust God. You believe that you will see it. 50k. Then you see a lot. Five zero zero zero. I'm like, what's the last zero? <laughs> of this 5,000 multiply it multiply it to get 50,000 the miracle is in the process in the process more might come but in the process you also learn something so that when you have grown to 50 million and you need 500 million, you've learned how to multiply it. It's how he works. You practice with little, practice with little, then you meet the big one. You practice your David, you practice with the bear, you practice with the lion. When you see Goliath, you have a track record. If his first battle was Goliath, he stood one Goliath. He has many battles in the future. But you have to learn. Work with this one. Work with it. Multiply it. Multiply it. Then when you face the big one, because do you know that if Goliath was the only one he killed, he would still have been king. Once he killed Goliath, they started singing. Saul has killed his thousand. David has killed ten thousand. Because of killing Goliath, he, ma- um, he married Saul's daughter. He got inheritance. One battle. When he starts there, he started behind the scene. Multiply the five thousand. Oh, the business you want to do, you need a million naira. Your savings has two five. Multiply it. So when you see the miracle of God, you need to stay with it. Listen. So you prayed. Then somebody calls and says there's an offer. And you look at your CV and you look at the offer. You know that the best for the person to call you is, is, is a miracle. The miracle has become. You have to take steps. You have to apply. You have to be bold. You have to don't go and beg. Don't go and like talk. Please do. I don't know. 
what you must realize is that you have to trust God all through. If you take two steps on the water, you stop trusting God, they're going to start sinking. So when you go and stand in front of the people, you must do that trusting God. David had to trust God in the face of Goliath. So that's important. The laws of faith. Number one is what? Love, absolute abandonment. Number two, and we said that you must forget how things work in the natural. Number two is what? The law of persuasion. It means as you pray this evening, you must believe that you have what you're praying for. Why do we keep praying? We said that the man of faith keeps praying, right? The man of faith keeps praying. Is in um, Romans chapter 4 now, Romans chapter 10, talking about Abraham. He said he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Romans chapter 4. Thank you. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. What he means is this. Listen. It took Abraham like 25 years to get his son. All through he was believing. All through. He didn't stagger. He was believing all through. And this is what happened. So he had a new name that he was using. That showed people that this guy has something he's believing God for. Listen to me. It means that if you believe you are going to land that big job, you don't have to announce it to the world. But there are some people you can tell. Those are the people that came to tell us in Mark chapter 5 that she kept saying that if you touch the hem of his garment, you'll be healed. She kept saying it. There were people that knew that she kept saying it. The people that knew that Abraham kept saying he's going to be part of many nations. So there are people you tell. They are probably covenant partners, people that believe in you, people that know what to trust in God for, people that when you tell them your days of discouragement, they remind you of the promise of God, they remind you of what you said God told you. So say, go for it, go for the contracts. God has said it. You trust God with you. I'm not going to teach you today. I don't have the time to teach it, but you can. You know that the, when you say um, agree, prayer of agreement, you can. We can agree with you. The people that can agree with you. And so the days when you don't feel like it, you can tell them and they say, God has said it. Those are the structures you put. They're not just so nobody knows what you are believing God for, only you. It doesn't have to be everybody. There's enlargement coming for you. In the name of Jesus. There's enlargement coming for you. In the name of Jesus. There's enlargement coming for your family. In the name of Jesus. There's healing coming for your family. In the name of Jesus. So I'm going to take time and pray. It's very late. I'm actually out of time. So we'll have two prayer sessions for five, five for ten, ten minutes. And what we're essentially going to be doing is this. We're going to be enforcing the things you have believed for.
They're going to be declaring. I know you love to pray for us. But Jesus in Mark chapter 11 did not say, if you say to this mountain, Rebosh Karadia, then it will move. He said, you will tell it to move to yonder place. Concerning your finances, concerning your family, concerning your home, concerning your business, your career, now think deep. Partner with God and think deep. Forget about how things work in the natural. That king-sized vision you've thought about, remember why you are doing this. There are more people to help. There's a whole lot of money that has to be put into sponsoring gospel. There are some people's challenges, life's challenges that money will fix. I heard about on some peers' uh, Instagram accounts a woman whose daughter was not molested by the father. To solve the problem, just get a new house for the woman. Money can fix that problem. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. Pray, pray, pray.